You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon joined by Chris Flum and free agency is getting very, very close for us here. And as Giants fans, I'm sure you're wondering who will the New York Giants sign and also who should they be signing on today's show. We're going to be addressing the best available offensive free agents for the Giants to take a look at. Not discussing any of the quarterbacks because... You could obviously argue that they'd be at the top of the list for the best available offensive free agents. That, however, does segue into our very first discussion point for today before we start listing the offensive free agents you need to know about, and that is the quarterback market. A lot of money is going to be spent on signing the very large group of talented quarterbacks, and there's pretty limited availabilities for need at starting quarterback. So... Chris, how does this market for all these quarterbacks and teams that are desperate to move for them going to impact the Giants? Well, I think the kind of the best case scenario is that teams wind up spending their cap money on these quarterbacks. Me, Philip Rivers, Brady, Drew Brees, if he decides to continue to play football and continue to and perhaps move on from the Saints or perhaps they decide to move on from him and go with Taysom Hill. But you know, you said there's there's a lot of veteran quarterbacks, and that's something we don't really see too often. Usually, if you have a good veteran quarterback, you keep him. But you know, the way the economics of the NFL have developed, having a good quarterback on a rookie deal is just a huge competitive advantage. So hopefully, having these veteran quarterbacks on the market will kind of soak up a lot of the cap room floating around and maybe help the Giants have more tough free agent prospects to pick from. There will be a big economic impact on the market, like you said, because a lot of money needs to be going towards the quarterback position in order to sign one of these top tier guys. Now, there's not an incredible list once you get past Tom Brady and Drew Brees will probably re-sign with the Saints it's a decent quality list, and also that doesn't include the guys that are going to get traded with the potential of Cam Newton or Derek Carr, but it could be enough attention that is diverted away from players that teams like the Giants need to sign. If you're spending 30 or so million dollars on signing one of these quarterbacks, particularly Tom Brady, well, you're not going to have much money to spend on one of these tackles that the Giants are going to be in and, and vying for. So, it could be a good opportunity for the Giants here that there's going to be potentially more availability pending franchise tags and re-signing of guys. There could be a lot of opportunity for for them to snag at least one of these players on our list. We'll be 
addressing that thought a little bit towards the end of the show. But our first player is a guy that we've seen over the past few years in the NFC East causing problems for the Giants. That is wide receiver Amari Cooper from the Dallas Cowboys. And he's in a bit of a sticky situation here because the Cowboys are really focused on re-signing Dak Prescott before they're really going to put a lot of attention in bringing and also money in bringing back Amari Cooper. Now, he said he wants to be a Cowboy for life, but if they're too focused on putting all their money towards bringing back Dak Prescott, well, he could be very well become available. Right now, Spotrack has him at $19.7 million, so in that $19 million range is going to be one of the higher paid receivers after he gets a contract. He's played in 77 career games, and last season he had 1,189 yards and 8 touchdowns. So a good quality receiver would come in and play and be a number one guy with most receiving groups. Yeah, I kind of don't expect him to get away from Dallas or for Dallas to let him get away, but he would be a great addition for the Giants who do need a number one receiver. But then again, so does Dallas. And they do have, even having to re-sign Dak Prescott, they still have plenty of cap room. They're at roughly $80 million. So they can swing signing both of them to long-term deals. And with Mike McCarthy... Now, running that offense and building that offense, they're going to need a good, detailed wide receiver. And Amari Cooper is one of the better route runners in the NFL. And, you know, over the last two, well, last year and a half, we saw the kind of impact that he had on Dak Prescott. We saw how he was able to allow Prescott to play at a high level much more consistently than he did before Cooper arrived and before he had that number one receiver. So if Cooper hits the market, I could see a lot of teams being interested in him. I'm just really not sure Dallas lets him get away. It's a fair point. It's very likely that he does return to the Dallas Cowboys. He has publicly come out and saying that he wants to be a Cowboy for life. However, you do have that extra amount of pull with Jason Garrett if he can possibly sway him to come here. All the Giants really need to do is have that conversation with him if they do want to bring him in and spend the money. If they choose not to, however, and Cooper's the only receiver on our list for a good reason, if they choose not to sign Amari Cooper, there's plenty of options for them in the draft, like we've said throughout this offseason process, that maybe you don't need to spend that $19 million because... You can draft a guy first, second, or third round that has the potential to become as good as Amari Cooper. Next player that we have here, we have two tight ends, and our first one is Austin Hooper, who there's been a bit of a speculation and a lot of projection of him finding his way in New York. Now, that sounds a bit puzzling because the Giants have Evan Ingram. Well, there's a shot that because of Evan Ingram's, Evan Ingram's lack of availability due to his health, he might not be around for very much longer, and he is going to very soon be up for a new contract. Hooper is valued at $9.9 million per Spotrack, so in that 9 to $10 million range is very realistic. He could very well reset the tight end market, but would do so justifiably. He's 25 Four years in the league, 75 receptions for 787 yards last season to go along with six touchdowns. Productive guy, and if you put him with the right offensive unit and scheme, he's going to be very, very productive. Yeah, this is the one that kind of jumps out to me because Jason Garrett has always had a 
he has always had that tight end. It's he's always had Jason Witten. And even though the tight end doesn't generally figure heavily in an air corial offense, having the guy who can attack the middle of the field, who can be productive, who can be a good enough blocker and a good enough safety valve, safety blanket for the quarterback is the the Giants have seen what kind of impact that can have on that offense. So this is one I could definitely see the Giants pursuing if he does hit the free agent market. Other available tight end option that is going to be a lot cheaper that is not named Austin Hooper is Eric Ebron from the Indianapolis Colts. So if they don't get Hooper and they want to still sign a tight end because of the uncertainty at the position, you could get Eric Ebron for around 7.4, according to Spotrack. I think in that $7 million range sounds about right. He is a talented tight end, but has had a very up and down career. Now he's only 26 years old, played in 83 career games. Last season, he had a bit of a down year, 375 receiving yards, three touchdowns in 11 games. The year before that, with a high-powered Colts offense, had 13 touchdowns. So if you do sign Ebron, you don't really know which guy you're going to get. Yeah, if it came down to Eric Ebron or Evan Ingram, I would probably just stay with Evan Ingram. He's more athletic, and the Colts kind of found that you need to be you need to have a plan for using Eric Ebron to get the most out of him. He talked about how they had to design very specific packages for him in 2018 and he was very productive, but he was kind of a uh, kind of a sniper for their offense where they would only bring him on the field when they had pretty much had the defense right where they wanted him. So he was a very dangerous receiving weapon, but not not kind of an every down player. It would be a lot of money to spend on a guy who you don't even know if you're going to get that quality of production from him. And also, like you said, if you can really use him to a full extent as an every down or multi down tight end. If you have been watching the Giants over the past few years, you can probably guess what we assume is one of the bigger needs. And you probably agree with us that offensive line needs to be a priority, whether it's the draft or free agency. So we have four offensive linemen that are top priority that the Giants should at least try to sign one of them. And we're going to talk about them right after this commercial break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
our first offensive tackle, who is a veteran player from the Indianapolis Colts, that is Anthony Costanzo, the 31-year-old vet, played in 132 games, great career with the Indianapolis Colts, and has been a consistent staple with that offense. Now, right now, he's valued at $13.5 million, which is not one of the most expensive offensive linemen, but still would be a hefty penny to pay for a tackle depending on where you want to put him. However, that price tag could be worth it for the quality of seasons you're going to get from him for a few years. Yeah, you know, the I am maybe a little wary of signing a player over 30 years old, even though offensive linemen tend to have slightly longer careers yeah, I'm still kind of wary of signing someone like that to a big deal and really putting the Giants in the position of having to look for another offensive tackle again in a year or two. I would prefer that they sign a guy that can start for four or five years so they can finally get off this hamster wheel with the offensive line. But that being said, Costanzo has developed into a good left tackle for the Colts. He was really a bust his first three years in the NFL. He was a player who was really very highly regarded coming out of the draft, but then in his first two years, he gave up 18 and a half sacks and then really kind of hovered between the four and seven sacks up until a couple years ago when Indy kind of got their got their act together on the offensive line. So it is really impressive the way he has matured, the way he has stuck with learning his craft and finally living up to his athletic potential. But like I said before, I am just kind of wary of signing a guy to a big long-term deal who is already over 30 years old. Now, if you're a little bit wary like Chris, and that makes a lot of sense of not wanting to spend the money on someone who's over 30, you don't really know what you're going to be getting, but tackles are lasting longer and longer in their NFL careers now more than ever. But if, like I said, if you're wary like Chris, there is a pretty good option out there that we keep talking about, and that is Jack Conklin from the Titans, who's only 25. Three years in the NFL, was not extended this past season, and his uh, fifth-year option was not picked up. So he is going to be a free agent. He started in 57 career games and missed seven in 2018. Besides that, He's played most of his most of the games in his career that he's been available. He's had injury problems. Still, if he's on the field and 100% healthy, he can be a very, very talented offensive tackle and was even an all-pro at one point. With all that being said, he's currently valued at $15 million for a right tackle, which is the most expensive guy that we have here out of all these linemen. But again, if you're trying to protect your quarterback and fix your offensive line, you need to be spending that money. Yeah, and we have speculated really quite a bit that he is he is the guy the Giants more or less should be kind of selling out for if they get the chance to do it. He would pretty much immediately lock down their the right side of their offensive line. He would give them a hopefully long-term answer at right tackle. That way they could maybe start really looking for options to replace Nate Solder at left tackle, and it they wouldn't feel locked into having to draft an offensive lineman or rather an offensive tackle at the top of the draft in 2020. Fixing the offensive line is going to take a lot of work. 
And I think with any of these offensive needs, they need to at least dress, address one of them in free agency and then the other in the draft early on. That way they could be much more balanced and it shouldn't be too complicated for them to do that. Now, if they swing out and miss with all of these things, then they're back to square one where we've continually seen them. The next player we have is a bit of an interesting thought because the Giants right now have two guards that are probably the best players on their offensive line. Will Hernandez had a bit of a drop-off, but still one of the better players along with Kevin Zeitler. The option that we have here is Brandon Scherf from the Redskins, who has been a guard in his whole career, but is six foot five, has the size and also the experience playing tackle in college that if you wanted to get creative, you could use him as a right tackle. You could use Kevin Zeitler as a right tackle. He has that versatility and the talent that he could possibly do that. He's 28 years old, four years in the league, played 65 games, and is expected to make around $12 million. There does need to be a note next to Scherf because there is a lot of steam in the direction of the Redskins working out a long-term deal with him. If they cannot, though, he very well could be an option for offensive line if they can't find themselves signing some of these top tackle guys. Yeah, you know, I definitely would not hate that because he he was a tackle at Iowa. It was believed that he could play tackle in the NFL, but his best position would be inside a guard, which is which has proven to be true. But if the Giants could rely on Kevin Booth to play basically five different positions, Scherf is absolutely a better player. So they could look at him as at least a potential four-tool player, a guy who could come in and play right tackle this year. And then perhaps if they decide to move on from Kevin Zeitler next year, then he could slide into right guard, still be young enough to play for a while. And then they could get a long-term right tackle next year. So that does give them options, assuming he does hit the market. Also, signing Sheriff away from Washington would weaken Washington's offensive line. So there is that kind of backhanded benefit to the Giants as well. Yeah, you get to take down a really good player from the Redskins and then also bolster your offensive line. It might be a hair far-fetched, but I think that being willing to move guys around and just add talent has to be a priority. If you can't get those tackles, then, well, maybe you look next down the list and see if you can grab a guard that is not too short and could play right tackle. Last person on our list of best available offensive free agent fills the final need here, and that is the center position. We discussed a while back when breaking down the offensive line that the Giants need to correct the center position because John Jalapio right now is not the answer for them. And, They could address it through the draft, but there is a very good available center for them to sign in free agency. That is Connor McGovern from the Broncos, 26 years old and started 36 games in a total of 47 games that he's played in. So he's on the younger side. He's been a consistent center for the Broncos and he's progressively gotten better. He could fit and plug right into this offensive line if they chose to sign him. I'd be fully content if they signed McGovern and didn't sign any of these tackles and maybe wanted to rather address the tackle position in the draft, I'd be fully content with that because having a veteran at the center position is is very, very important. Yeah, I am right there with you with that one. I was 
actually a little bit surprised to see him on the list of potential impending free agents. I would be surprised to see Denver let him go just because of how important a good center is. And he is a good center. I believe he only gave up one sack last year. So upgrading the middle of the Giants offensive line, getting getting a guy who can identify and call protections and be a good, reliable pass protector to be that rock in the middle to fill in between Will Hernandez and Kevin Zeitler, that would be a very good use of their cap room. And they could still address the offensive tackle position in in the draft. You know, we've been going over and over that. There are a bunch of really good ones, even if they don't draft one of the big four. So I think McGovern should be talked about, assuming he does hit free agency, as a legitimate candidate for the Giants. With that full list of guys that we just presented you with of available offensive free agents, we're going to recap today's show with a bold prediction that we think will happen during free agency. Chris, what is your bold prediction? Okay. Um, Before I get to that, I just have to say one thing that kind of occurred to me as we're going through the list of linemen, except for McGovern, who I should add is not the Connor McGovern that was drafted out of Texas by the Dallas Cowboys. There are two Connor McGoverns playing offensive line in the NFL, just because, of course. Yeah, each one, Anthony Costanzo, Jack Conklin, Brandon Scherf, each one was heavily linked to the Giants in their respective draft years. So that that's something that just just kind of stood out to me that somehow the Giants might be getting a second shot at all of them. But anyway, just to get back to our kind of uh, capstone for this, I think it, the. The bold prediction would be that the Giants sell out for Austin Hooper, that of these guys, the one they wind up making the big push for is Hooper because Evan Ingram has just never felt like a good fit for the type of team Dave Gettleman wants to build. And I have, I would not still, I've been saying this for two years and I kind of continue to be surprised that it hasn't happened. I would not be surprised to see Ingram traded or his fifth-year option not picked up. I think the Giants would like to get a number one tight end who is capable of being a two-way guy, who can be a not just good blocker, but a or not just a guy who doesn't blow blocks, but a guy who wins blocks and can block against bigger players who can be that kind of extra lineman at times. And Hooper is, I'll, I'll say, more capable of that than Ingram is. I remain a fan of Evan Ingram, and I do believe he can be a dangerous weapon if used properly. I'm just not sure the Giants really want to use their tight end that way. So I think they will go for Hooper just to get Daniel Jones, that safety blanket player. My bold prediction for the offseason that I have here is going to be a frustrating one for Giants fans. And The reasoning for that is I have a feeling that the Giants are going to be so focused on signing top defensive talent and spending a lot of money in doing so with guys like Jadavion Clowney, Byron Jones, you name it, that they're going to be spending their money defensively, that they're not going to have an opportunity to sign any of these top offensive tackles or linemen in general. And I think it goes in line with that, that all of these guys on this list, there's a very good chance that they re-sign or they get franchise tagged. I think that that is going to stand in the way of the Giants actually being able to sign 
a good veteran offensive tackle and most of their money is going to get spent elsewhere. Yeah, and I have to say just that would be an incredibly quote-unquote giants development that they finally have all of this money to spend in free agency. They can be whales to use the kind of casino term and the markets at the positions they need just don't materialize that all of these linemen that we're looking at and kind of envisioning in blue and you know hoping maybe they could be the missing pieces they just don't hit the market they wind up getting tagged they wind up getting signed for long-term deals by by their current teams and that just feels like something frustratingly depressingly giants just kind of of course of course that's what happens you can finally play in the free agent market eli manning is eli manning's contract is off the books all of the other big contracts are finally gone they've got the money to spend and nobody to spend it on yeah no it it has constantly been frustrating that timing has stepped in the way this year for the perfect opportunity to go out and sign a lot of quality starting potential linemen if they can if they can at least swing one i would be fully content with that with that happening and now right now is the time to spend that money and go put this team together because you have a rookie quarter or not a rookie quarterback a young quarterback on a rookie deal you don't have to pay daniel jones 30 million dollars and if he develops properly now is the right window to win because you can spend money on other positions and hopefully flourish like that that is all we have for today's show thank you for tuning in and listening to our list of available offensive free agents make sure to stick around and tune into our defensive list of best available free agency uh free agents rather also be sure to follow us on social media at big blue view you can follow me at joe de Leon, and you can follow chris at raptor mkii also be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to us stick around for that defensive list More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.